Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary, and welcome to Vax On, a brand new weekly segment of my podcast, Out of Patience, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Hey, I'm Alora Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Vax On. I'm Alora Nanos, and I'm here with Matt Zachary. Matt, how you doing today? What a week. What a week, indeed. You've had an eventful week because I heard that your kid went back to school? Yes. My daughter, who started middle school today for in real life, she went back to school for the first time today. And, uh, you know, it was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. So it was. it was really very funny. And I say this understanding that my school district is really trying its best. And for the most part, they're doing a great job. But this was really COVID comedy at its finest. So they told us three things. They said, number one, the kids are not going to change classes. The teachers are going to change classes around the kids. Number two, the kids are going to be six feet apart. And number three, they're going to have plexiglass around the desks. Like little bank tellers. Yeah, like little, exactly like little bank tellers. And then last night, we got an email that was like, by the way, everyone's coming back to school, so there's not going to be six feet between the kids. The plexiglass company didn't deliver the plexiglass. And then my daughter came home today, and I said, so the teachers changed classes? And she said, oh, no, we changed every class. So they did exactly nothing that they said that they were going to do to prepare So they for said COVID. everything they were going to do, and they did the opposite. The exact opposite. That's good. And at this, that's planning. That's planning for you. That's at this point, planning. I was like, whatever. Like, sure. Just try not to get the COVID, okay? But was was she prepared? How did you emotionally prepare her? Because you said she started middle school, but she's really been in middle school. And now it's the middle of the middle of a semester of middle school. Lots of middle there. And now she's going physically back into school. Yeah. You know, it it was weird. And it did take a little emotional preparation because as much as I'm so joyful to see her go go to school and, and that's just such a wonderful sign and a wonderful thing. She was a little hesitant because she spent, you know, a year hearing be careful and it's dangerous and this is why she can't see her friends. So it's not like I can expect her to just, you know, flip a switch and go back and not be nervous about it. But 
she did well. We tried to be really lighthearted about it. So she's not, she's not a particularly anxious kid. So she went back. She was happy. She came back. She said she had a wonderful day. She can't wait to go back tomorrow. You know, I told her she needs to be more on guard for the mean girls than she does for the respiratory droplets. <laughs> oh my she God. Okay yeah. I, yeah. And listeners know my kids will be starting sixth grade this coming fall. We're going to get to the fact that schools are reopening in the fall. And that's another news droplet to talk about later i had a slightly less dramatic week than you i guess the only thing that is of merit for this segment is that this coming friday which is tomorrow based on the show dropping on a thursday is my two-week fully vaccinated anniversary. that's so awesome and you're mine too. too yes yeah because we're vaccine twins we are so it means we can like go out in public and and be like those people in the pharmaceutical commercials and frolic in fields of daisies. <laughs> it's always a wheat field. Why is it always it's, a wheat field? I don't know. Why do the women always have like bright white hair? Like they have the most beautiful white hair you've ever seen. They look so happy about it. I think it's the psyops of a farmer commercial. It's got to be. I don't know. It's something. It's and it's always like people with dogs and they're always running and it's like sunset. Oh, and they're always dancing in a gazebo. Why? Why is that? Yes, there's like a lot of lawn or ornamentation. Like there's gazebos and pagodas and yeah. a lot of expensive lawn furniture in the pharmacy. And you forgot lanais, but we can forgive the lanais. Okay, <laughs> a lot of lanais. Shout yeah. out Golden Girls. <laughs> Shout out to the Golden Girls. Can you believe that it's been a year? This week marks the COVID one year anniversary. It's. Amazing to think that. So I found a photo of, you know, how Facebook surfaces photos of you a year later. Yeah. There was a picture of me on a school trip. I took my first like school trip with the kids a year ago. And then we shut down the country like the next week. And I'm like, that was a year ago. Isn't it weird, though, when you look back at the picture and you you look back at it with the same sort of emotion that you do when you see like a photo of your deceased grandmother? It has like the same emotional. Like, how was that life? Right. And where you're like, I loved this, but it's gone. Yeah. My, my last night of the world, one year ago today, I was at a black tie gala. Um, as you know, I play in a symphony orchestra. And last year, one year from today was our very first fundraising black tie gala. And um, so and it was like the last night of the world. We were all out. We were all together. We were all making music. And it was this wonderful celebration. And then the world ended. Yeah. I have no I would have to go back to the calendar to see what I was doing on this day a year ago. But just to have that photo of my going on the school trip, we just went to go see something at a local college. Like like it was so innocent. And yeah. How is that? And a like year who knew ago? what was to come yeah, that you no would then had... be in the house for 12 months, not yeah. leaving the house. Absolute murmurings of like. What is this thing we keep hearing on the news? Oh, it's not going to affect us. Boom. Yeah. But you know what? What's, for me, it's like sort of funny. I mean, you know, COVID has been a terrible time, but there is, I've picked up these hobbies along the way, like so many people have. Kayaking. So, right. So now I look back and I'm like, oh, that was pre-kayaking. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate my one-year COVID-versary, I decided today to add to my kayak collection and buy a stand-up paddleboard as well. Said me never. Yeah. <laughs> You can come on it. It fits two people. All right. I will put that in the parking lot for consideration at a later time. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So moving on, what are we talking about today? I thought I'd bring up some really grim information about COVID. I hope we're going to end on a high note later on then. 
I promise we will totally end on a high note. But you know, one of the things that I know is important to both of us is to not just exist in our own little bubble of privilege, but to really think about the rest of the country, the rest of the world. Um, you know, even if there's nothing we can do personally, I think it's important to just know and have empathy for people that are living very different lives than we are. You mean that there's a world outside of the United States of America? Yeah. I mean, so I hear. I haven't yeah. been there in a while, but that's <laughs> what I've heard. But I, I read this story and what struck me was that I just had no idea. One of the terrible effects that the pandemic has had is that in developing countries, there is a major increase in child marriages. What? Like who would have known how that this would have anything to do with COVID? I mean, that, just that was like an Oprah level what? Isn't it though? So this is a problem anyway. Child marriages in places like Ethiopia and Malawi and Nepal, it's already a problem. But COVID has exacerbated the problem in large part because girls already don't go to school enough. And because schools were closed, many of these girls will just never return to school. You know, they, the schools closed because of COVID and now they're just not going to return. And their families are just kind of marrying them off because in some circumstances, marrying the girls off protects the family financially. They get a dowry. Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, it just creates this cycle of a problem. Um, and we know, of course, child marriage is terrible for all of these these reasons. Right. Um, but, I mean, I would never have imagined that the pandemic would have affected it, but it is. That could possibly be one of the most inconceivable side effects of a global pandemic. Right. It's like, who would have even imagined that this is one of the things that would have happened? But now that, you know, now that I read the story and it was presented to me, I get it. You know, if, if you're talking about people living in poverty, um, where child marriage is, is a thing that was happening anyway, and it does something to alleviate financial pressure on the family. Yeah. If you squeeze that family and you put them in a position where there's less income and less opportunity and less education, yeah, I could see how this would be a result. It's just really frightening to me. Um, you know, and one more reason why we need to think about the global economy and the and the global world when it comes to solutions for things like COVID-19. But yeah, I mean, we got to pay attention to this stuff because this to me struck me as one of those stories that, you know, it certainly doesn't affect me in any kind of a direct way, but I was stunned that I didn't know about it. It wasn't on my radar. I had no idea I should even be outraged about it. I have no idea what I could ever do about it. But, I mean, but who it, knows? Maybe there is something. It's a human rights violation by default. And now it's even sure. worse. Yeah. And then, and then not only is it just kind of a vague, amorphous human rights violation, but what happens in many of these cases is that the young girls get married and then they get pregnant and then they die in childbirth because there's a far increased proportion of mortality from childbirth when the woman is very was really a young girl. So it has major consequences that go even beyond human rights and legal rights and all that. And it goes directly to mortality. So, I mean, this is life and death. And it's just one more way that COVID has wreaked havoc on the whole world. All right. So you mentioned we're going to start moving towards a higher point toward the end of the segment. What's yeah, next? We're almost there. <laughs> what's next? Please. What's next? For some more fuckery, I'm going to share with you what's happening in the world of sex businesses. <laughs> what? Another so, what? Another what? So did you know that when Congress wrote the CARES Act, which is the bill that funded all of the COVID relief, 
they left out a number of categories for who gets the paycheck protection money. Um, You know, so for example, they left out farms and that's because farms get financial relief from some other bill. They left out deadbeat dads, people who have child support orders. They don't get federal money. All of it made sense with one exception. They left out anyone, any business that makes the majority of its money from sex. So now don't think prostitution because that's not legal anyway. You mean like adult stores and adult bookstores and those of the ilk? Yes, exactly. And it, it, the thing is, it's very broad, that language. So it can cover anything from strip clubs to adult bookstores to, you know, boudoir photographers and lingerie shops. So this one place, this gentleman's club, Pharaoh's Gentleman's Club in New York, sued, brought a federal lawsuit saying, hey, we want our share of the paycheck protection money. And they lost. It's correct that they lost because you know, the reason they didn't get it is because Congress didn't intend them to get it. And this is one of the reasons why it's so important for businesses to have access to what's going on legislatively, because this really struck me as so wrong. Because your lawyer hat and your ethics hat. Exactly. I have that lawyer hat on. And I'm saying, look, you know, these businesses are perfectly legal businesses. They're small businesses like any other small businesses. And you know what was left out? Nobody's prohibiting the money to gun stores or liquor stores or tobacco stores, cigarettes, vapes, any of those other things that are, you know, bad and harmful. But when it came to sex, that's where they drew the line. And, you know, there's a lot of businesses that potentially could fall into that category, including, by the way, pornography is a huge business. You know, a lot of good, honest, hardworking people that make their living that way. And these are businesses like any other business. And if they fail, the economy fails. So I just thought that this was one of those things that people don't know about. And I think a lot of people probably would disagree with with the way this turned out. I do agree that this is bizarre and another thing we couldn't have expected. But I think it just speaks to the puritanical nature of this country, the averseness that we have as a species to even talk about this. But then I turn to like, aren't there... Tremendous economic benefits of this industry, the legal industry that this is to our economy. I mean, I would think I mean, I'm certainly not an expert in, you know, in gentlemen's clubs or anything like that. But all of those porn companies, they went crazy. They made so much money. And I think it was no Pornhub I've heard of. It was some other porn company that I've never heard of. And they sent out a press release telling us they installed like a panic button. That if you, for all the people working from home, that oh, if like, their family walked in or something, if your family walked in, you could press a button and would go to ESPN. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know what? These fucking people with the porn businesses, like the rest of the world, should follow them because they know these people know how to run a business. Could learn a lot from the porn industry. We can, we can. But my sense is, these are businesses. If the businesses are so bad that they should be illegal then make the businesses illegal. But while the businesses are operating in a legal manner and paying taxes and employing people, why are we going to single this type of business out as being so bad that they don't get financial relief and they have to lay off their staff? But for example, a gun store doesn't have to lay off its staff. It just seems so arbitrary. Well, it's like pick your vice. Right, right. It really pissed me off. Um, and, and I think, you know, you said, why is this country so puritanical? And my question is, are we or are just the legislators so puritanical and they right. think that this is a way to get votes? You know, like I wonder how many people would even agree with this. But if you're going to support, you know, small businesses in general, you kind of have to support all of them. Otherwise, your logic about how small businesses keep the economy flowing, like 
Otherwise, it makes me think you don't really mean it. You know, this is another issue that just should be on our radar. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe we can do something about it someday. Yeah, I just love the 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 intentional henpecking that went into the I mean, can you imagine like the guys in the room and, and there was all, probably all white men making these decisions, of course. No, that's the way the government <laughs> works. And like, let's figure this out. No, no, this, no, that. Yes, this, yes, that. Yeah. But remember, this is the only one that was left out. Right. It's like crazy. Like they're like, by the way, not the sex stuff. Right. And, and I really and it's funny because, you know, it's not like businesses when they register for their business license, they say like, you know, check the box, sex business, yes or no. It doesn't say that. So it's sort of funny. Like, well, how far does this go? Do they mean like Victoria's Secret too? Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, a slippery slope. Yeah. You know, I mean, romance novels. How about them? How about the the, the cast and crew of Bridgerton? How about that? <laughs> like, come on. Oh, no. Sorry. That's literature. I mean, come on. Yeah. On that note, we'll be right back after some ads. All right, Lou, we're back. And we promised our listeners that we end on a bit of a high note. We started out pretty dark and deep in the international waters of child marriage and not OK stuff. We kind of moved to the porn industry, which eh, one might argue could be slightly better than child marriage. But now we have some great news from the CDC. We do. Our friends at the CDC said we can finally go out and play. Yay. I'm so happy. But what does that so, mean? Let's break that down. So the CDC uh, issued an update and they said that fully vaccinated people can meet freely in private settings with other fully vaccinated people. And no need to wear masks. They can be together indoors. In other words, go about your life as long as everyone is vaccinated. Of course, they're saying still wear masks out in public, um, reduce your travel, and you know, continue to take precautions when you're in the general public. But if you're with friends and family who have all been vaccinated, you can live pretty normally indoors. As every grandma and grandpa in this country finally gets to exhale. Yeah, it's it's huge. This is the best news because as much as I can't wait for, you know, rock concerts and Broadway shows and parties, you know, I, I can't wait for those things. But the things that I have missed most are spending time with my friends and my family and being together for meals and watching movies together. And I'm so thrilled to be able to do that. But it also picks up on what we talked about on last week's episode, which is how do you prove that you've been fully vaccinated if you have maybe a skeptical parent or you go to some special dinner, like this idea of the government-issued vaccine passport ID card that there'll be probably be a black market for. But to the extent that you know, if you do travel, will TSA want this so they could seat you on the airplane in like the vaccinated section, perhaps I'm making this up? How are we going to be able to get to a place where people are confident we're just telling the truth that we've been fully vaccinated? Matt, are you telling me that my relatives are going to lie about getting vaccinated? You know, I know your relatives. <laughs> Please tell me they're not going to lie. I just <laughs> want them to come over for brunch. Do I have to? They, they, if they're going to lie, they're not going to be beyond printing up fake vaccine cards. I'll tell right. you that much. Yeah, I, I want to see their COVID arm in person. <laughs> yes, you had COVID arm too, didn't you? Oh, I did. It was ridiculous. But I, I, I sort of love it. I, I was actually sad I didn't get it as badly after the second dose of the vaccine. And I kind of was like, oh, that was like my badge of honor for my COVID shot. Nice. I also want to point out to our listeners that, you know, everything the city says is a moving target. These are guidelines of the moment of the week. They can change. So when they change, don't get pissed that they said this last week because they made this this week based on the data they have. 
Yeah, I think that's a really important point. You know, it doesn't pay to get frustrated. It pays to, you know, have joy in the moments that we can right now and sort of try our best to just live in this moment. The big question is, Matt, what are you going to do first? You know, now that your vaccine has fully kicked in, I know you have family members whose vaccines have also kicked in. What's your what's your top priority? What's at the top of your list? Well, at the top of my list is going on vacation. And I think I mentioned this last week that we're going to Hershey Park. And we're going oh. to Hershey Park for the first time in God knows how many years, let alone pandemic. And we feel confident that having been vaccinated, we will not be at risk if anyone else in the park has not been. But we will follow all the safety measures and wear our masks and wash our hands and stay distant per the rules of the park, first and foremost. But the level of confidence we have being in public while vaccinated gave us that permission to take this opportunity. I think that's so great. And, you know, it, it while vacations are such a luxury, uh, big vacations and small vacations and all of it, it's such a luxury. But for those of us, especially those with children, it's such an important part of our lives because it's it's not only the being there, but it's the looking forward to. It's the taking pictures and looking back at those memories. Right. Um, all of that is, you know, it's it's what you live for. And um, and it's been a real loss to not have it over the last year. Oh, hands down. I mean, again, giving our children the anticipation of finally doing something has elated them. It's given us so much pleasure to see their joy in not being able to wait because they're so excited that in, you know, two weeks from today's show, we're going to be in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Packing the suitcases alone becomes this like incredibly fun activity, right? Like just the anticipation is so great. We, one of the things that we're doing, and I'm, I can't wait, I'm so excited. Um, like everyone else, during the pandemic, I cleaned out some closets. Right. And um, one of the things that I did was I got together all my old movies and um, DVDs and all that stuff, and I gave them to someone who does media transfers. So now I have all these old home movies on a flash drive, and we can watch them, and I can invite my family over to now watch these old movies that we haven't seen in 20, 30, 40 years. And I'm going to cook for them, and we're going to eat together, and it's going to be like normal old times, and I really can't wait. I mean, one of the most treasured things I have in my life are, are you and my high school Aww. friends, our little clan. And ideally, we'll all be fully vaccinated within probably by May. And we, we used to meet once a year for this epic like band reunion dinner. And we haven't had that in two years. And now we have the chance to do that again. That's what I'm looking forward to. I think that when we do it, we should not just have it be a dinner. I think that at this point, that's really not enough. I think that it's not going to be a full band reunion unless we bring our instruments and play something. <laughs> I'll have to I dust will allow off you to my, make the selection. I'll dust off my mouthpiece from eighth grade baritone horndom. I will bring my piccolo and we will find something great to play. I wonder if you can lease a baritone horn for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Listen... I'm sure there's a market for it. There's a market for everything. Yes. And hopefully those employees got PPP. I, it depends. Maybe it's a sexy baritone. Who knows? <laughs> That's our band name, the sexy baritones. Makes <laughs> sense, too, if you think about it. Sure it does. Why not? <laughs> anyway, I think we've had enough of each other for this episode of Vaxxon. What do you think? <laughs> never. <laughs> it's never enough, Lou. Never it's enough. Never. It's never enough. But, but no, but I think we covered some great stuff and I'm I'm excited for this week. I can't wait to hear what, what you have to report back in next week when you've had a little bit of real life. Yeah. And don't forget to tweet us at VaxonPod on Twitter and use the hashtag Vaxon. Tell us what you're feeling. Tell us what you're going through. Share your grievances and your successes. 
See you back here next week, everyone. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seely. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com. <laughs>